Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Woodburn Baptist Church. My name is Tim Harris. I am pastor, and, and I welcome you. Thank you for being here. I feel great. How about you? You feel good today? Yeah, I'm half convinced. Pastor Eric, hope you're feeling good today. We love you guys so much at the Franklin campus. Open your Bibles this morning to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 13 is where we'll begin this morning. And the final message in a series entitled, Don't Join This Church Until... Don't join this church until. I know how that sounds. I know some of you think, Brother Tim, I wish you wouldn't say that. You're going to run people off. People are going to think that we're not welcoming new members. People are going to think that we don't want them. And and I don't want you to think that at all. But I do want you to think. I want you to think before you join this church or any other church. Because joining a church means something. It, It matters. And the church that you join, it matters. That's why I've spent the time on these sermons. The first one, don't join this church until you're saved and baptized. The only way to be a part of any church, any Christian church, is to be a Christian. First, got to become a Christian. Then I said, don't join this church until you're willing to love. You've got to be ready to love us and ready to let us love you. We are a fellowship, a fellowship united in Christ, and we love one another. If we can't love one another, then we cannot, cannot know what it means to be the church of Jesus. Don't join until you're ready to love. Then I said, don't join until you're ready to share our mission. We have a purpose. And when you unite with us or any other church, you join yourself with that church's mission, that church's purpose. Now, the great commission applies to every church. So in that regard, the mission of each church is pretty much the same. But you have unique gifts. You have something to contribute. And God is going to put you in a church where your gifts match perfectly what the mission of that church is. So know that you're ready to join the mission of that church. And this morning, don't join this church until you know it's the Spirit leading you. Don't join until the Spirit leads you here. Let's play a game for the minute. The name of this game is You Are the Pastor. You ready? You Are the Pastor. How's it feel? Not much different. Yeah, I know exactly how it feels. You are the pastor. It's awesome, baby. It is awesome. You are the pastor, okay? You're the pastor of Woodburn Baptist Church. And someone comes up to you and says, Pastor, listen, the church up the road is having all kinds of problems. And I hear there's a whole group of them going to come and join Woodburn Baptist Church. Remember, you're the pastor. A whole group of them coming to join Woodburn. What do you say? Well, there are some of us as pastors go, woo bring them on, baby, bring them. I mean, any way you can get new members, you're ready for new members. And there's a part of me, I'll be honest, there's a part of me like that. I really, really like new people. I love to see people join Woodburn Baptist Church. I want everybody to be a part of Woodburn Baptist Church. But that's not my call. But at the same time, there's a part of me that gets real, real excited. Yeah, bring them. But obviously some of you as pastor didn't get so excited What is it that makes you a little nervous when you find out that there's a whole group of people from one church about to come to your church? Why would that make you nervous? Because you know they're having problems up there. So what do you think? If a group of the people in the church with problems are coming down here, what could be happening? It could be we're getting all of the problems. All of the problems in that church may come in the same car to our church. You ever think about it? Yeah, it, 
It's interesting. It's interesting and in some ways alarming that in the United States, the typical church that adds new members doesn't add new members by seeing people saved and baptized. They add new members by what we call transfer growth. What is transfer growth? That's just when members from one church transfer their membership to another church. And and I know sometimes that's necessary. I I get that. I have in my life uh, only really been a part of three churches, counting this one. I've only been a part of three churches. But it was necessary at each one of those times in my life to switch churches, to change my church membership. I know that it happens. I know that it's necessary. I know that sometimes the Spirit leads that, and that's exactly what God wants us to do. But for the most part, I do not think that a Christian should be switching churches all the time. I really don't believe that. I don't believe that you should switch easily. I don't think it should be a casual thing. It should be a very, very serious commitment that you make whenever you join a church. So if you feel like the Lord is leading you away from a church where you are a member, you've really got to stop and think. You've really got to stop and think and ask yourself, What's moving you? Or who is moving you? Which brings us to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. We're going to have two different passages today, both from the book of Acts. Because I want you to get a real strong sense of how it was in the early church. And who moves these people. Because there's a lot of moving going on. But let's pay close attention. Look at Acts chapter 13 verses 1, 2, and 3. If you've got a pen, take it out. Take it out. I want you to listen as we read, and I want you to underline when you get to the part about who's moving these people, who moves them. I want you to underline that part. Also, just to help you help you get a sense of this passage, circle all of the verbs, all of the words that describe the people, what they did, what their part is. Okay? Circle the verbs, the words that describe what the people do. Circle or underline the part where you understand who's moving them. Start at verse 1, Acts chapter 13. Among the prophets and teachers of the church at Antioch of Syria were Barnabas Simeon, called the black man, Lucius from Cyrene, Manaen, the childhood companion of King Herod Antipas, and Saul. Okay, I'm going to stop there because I just got to stop right there. We're talking about a church, a, a typical church, and honestly, even though it's in the Bible, It's a typical church. This is just an ordinary place. The church is at Antioch of Syria, and it's just a normal church. It happens to be one of the very first churches, but it is an amazing place. Still typical, but amazing. I just love this verse, and I love this list of men. Among the prophets and teachers of the church at Antioch of Syria were a man named Barnabas, a man named Simeon called the black man, Lucius from Cyrene, we don't know, but it's possible that Lucius from Cyrene could actually be Luke, the man who's writing the book of Acts. It could be the same guy, in which case he would also be from Africa, which makes him a black man. I think that's awesome. Manaen, the childhood companion of King Herod and, and Saul. We're just naming some of the men in this church, and it turns out all of these men are awesome. All of these men are outstanding, on-fire men of God. And notice here that none of these is the pastor. You've got just sitting in your pews at a church called Antioch, a man named Paul. He just happens to be there. And a man named Barnabas. It's absolutely amazing, the men 
in this church. I want to be real honest with you for a minute, and I'm going to stop, and I'm going to preach a little bitty sermon right here to the men. I once had a man tell me, I tell you, I wish I was a woman at Woodburn Baptist Church, because you just always preach to the men, and you don't ever give it to the women. Well, listen here, Mr. Big Baby. Pull your britches up. I'm about to let you have it. I want to preach to the men. One of the primary, and I would say best reasons to leave any church is that church is dead. There are churches that just absolutely die. They die spiritually. It's a church where nobody wants to serve the Lord. Nobody wants to worship. Nobody wants to welcome new people. Nobody wants to do anything. It's a dead church. And if you ever find yourself in a dead church, I encourage you to go ahead and seek the will of the Holy Spirit. It's very likely you're going to get to leave. Because you cannot live, you cannot grow, you cannot be nurtured in a dead church. You can't be. Now, nobody sets out in their mind to become a dead church. You don't call a meeting of the, of the deacons and say, listen, why don't we try to kill this whole thing? Why don't we all just see if we can't kill it? Let's just kind of stop loving God and let's just try to make other people feel as unwelcome as possible. Nobody does that. But it does happen. Churches die. It's not the will of the Lord. It's not the way it ought to be. But if you've lived very long and been to very many churches, you've probably seen a dead one. I want to suggest to you this. In a church that dies, or in a church that is dying, it'll be the men that go first. The men die first, spiritually I'm speaking here. It'll be the men that die spiritually first. I can't explain it, I don't understand it, but I just observed and I believe that it's biblically true that as the men go, so goes the church. As the men go, so goes the church. I've never seen, I've never seen a struggling church with strong men in it. I've gone to lots of struggling churches that had some very, very faithful women trying to hold it all together. But I've never seen a dying or struggling church that had men on fire for God in it. What do you think? I think there's something very important about the masculine spiritual gifts. And I think the church suffers when the men will not step up to serve. And while at Woodburn Baptist Church we have a good number of men who really do love the Lord and really are on fire, and I'm telling you, they carry in a lot of ways, they do the heavy lifting for this church. Praise God for them. But we got a lot of men who do not step up and do their part. We've got men in this church who pour intensity in their jobs. They pour intensity into their work. We got men in this church who pour intensity into their yards. It breaks their heart to see a dandelion. Breaks their heart. But their hearts do not break over lost souls. There's something wrong with that man's heart. There are men who pour intensity into sports, into fitness, into working out. Men who pour intensity into all kinds of things that have no eternal significance. But when it comes to the Lord's work, they have zero passion. This, my friend, is always a problem. Always a problem. The church at Antioch is an amazing place. I promise you that for every man listed here, there's a woman somewhere working right beside him. The work of the women is critical. But I'm telling you, as the men go, so goes the church. 
Woodburn Baptist Church, I pray, and, and I pray will always be a living and wonderful place to worship God. But if the men decide to sit back, to lay back, to quit, this church will be in trouble. And at the present, we need more men to step forward. Actually, we need every man to step forward. You, you have a part to play in this, sir. I'm telling you, in any other place in your life, if you've just sat back and let other people do all the work, they'd call you lazy. In any other place in your life, if you just sat back and let other people do everything, you wouldn't be able to hold your chin up. So I'm asking you, why do you come to church and expect that everybody else is going to do the work for you? Do you, you're part of the work. There are amazing men listed here. You're sitting here in a church and you got a man named Paul. Paul, the great missionary, writing books of the Bible. And he's not even the pastor. He's just one of the guys in the pew. He's a tent maker. I'm telling you, God wants to use all the ordinary guys in the pew. Guys, you let God set your heart on fire. You step forward. You be a leader. You be a worker. You let God capture your heart. I'm telling you, the whole church gets set on fire. That's still what we're waiting for here. It's still what we're waiting for. Now, back to the sermon. Verse 2. One day, as these men were worshiping the Lord, I've circled the word worshiping there. One day, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, circle the word fasting, the Holy Spirit said, who said? The Holy Spirit said, dedicate Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I've called them. So after more fasting, I circled fasting, and praying, I circled the word prayer, the men laid their hands on them, sent them on their way. Wow, just stop right there. It's amazing. Remember, we're talking about don't join this church until the Spirit leads you. I want you to see how in this passage and all through the book of Acts, in the passage we'll read in a moment, it is God who moves these people. There's a lot of moving going on. There's a lot of activity, but it is the Holy Spirit directing it at every single step. It's the Holy Spirit that directs them. Now notice here, there is God's part and then there's the people's part. And that's still true for you and me. God wants to lead you. God wants to lead your every step. That's God's part. God wants to lead you in everything. Every part of your life, every choice, every task. God wants to lead you. And God wants to lead you to the right church for you and your family. God wants to lead you in everything. That's his part. And he will lead you. He will lead you in everything. That's his part. But your part is to follow him in everything. You have to follow him in everything, and especially when it comes to deciding where he wants you to serve, what church you should be a part of. The Holy Spirit will lead you. That's his part. But you must follow him. That's your part. Let's talk a little bit more about your part and my part. What are the words that I had just circled there? One day as these men were what? They're... They're worshiping, they are fasting. Are you familiar with that word fasting? What do you think that means? It doesn't mean like moving really, really quickly. Fasting means that you're seeking the Lord to such an extent. In other words, you want to know the will of God. You want to hear his voice and you're so desperate and hungry for it 
that you let all other human activities go just for the sake of your praying, just for the sake of hearing from God. So when it says they're fasting, we assume that the people at this church for this moment are not eating. They're praying. They're seeking God so seriously that they've just let meals go. They're not eating right now. They're just praying. Have you ever in your life wanted to hear God's voice to that extent? Have you ever been so serious about the decision you're making or so serious in your desire to know him and love him and follow him? Have you ever been so serious as to do something radical? Because this is the kind of passion, the kind of faith these people have. It's the Spirit's job to lead you, but it's your job to follow. And the Spirit's not going to grab you by the back of the head. The Spirit's not going to shake you until you listen. You've got to have a desire to listen. These people worship the Lord and they fast. Sometimes, just for the sake of praying, they don't eat. They worship, they fast, and they pray. And they're led by the Holy Spirit. My friend, it's really rather simple. If you don't worship, you're not going to hear the Holy Spirit's voice. If you don't draw near to him and and humble yourself before him and praise him and listen for his voice, you're not going to hear his voice. You must be a worshiper. Fasting is important. It's an ordinary part of the Christian's life. There should be moments when you want God's voice more than anything else, more than food. You should be willing to sacrifice, to interrupt your ordinary routine for the sake of hearing God's voice. That's what they do. And they pray. They pray and they pray until they hear God's voice. Now, all of those folks are moving from church to church. I dare say these words don't describe them. Most people moving from church to church aren't moving because the Spirit's leading them. That's not even what they say. Do you understand that a recent survey of people who had recently switched churches in Baptist life, Southern Baptist survey, found that 58%, 58% of those who had changed churches said that the number one reason they changed was simply to leave their old church. The only reason they moved was just to get out of their old church, just leaving that church. I'm not sure I'm not sure that's the same thing as being led by the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that moves them. That's his part. He'll guide you, but your part is to listen. And then recognize that all of this movement here, it all relates to doing God's work. The movement that takes place here, the Saul and Barnabas and everything else that happens, it has to do with God moving people around for the sake of his work. I promise you, God is not going to lead you out of Woodburn Baptist Church and then just lead you out of church. Did you hear what I'm saying? God doesn't take you out of one church and then just leave you out there. God might reassign you to another church for the purposes of the work you can do in that place. But God isn't going to lead you out of church. He doesn't lead you just to drop out. And he doesn't lead you from one pew just into another pew in another church so you can just sit there and do nothing in this church too. Do you understand? It's always about his work. It always has to do with the work he wants done in the world and the people he can use to get it done. I left, Casey and I left Woodburn Baptist Church in 1990. It was the hardest thing I'd ever done. 
hardest thing I had ever done because I loved Woodburn Baptist Church. And I fully expected in my heart somehow, I fully expected to spend my life at Woodburn Baptist Church. But the Holy Spirit clearly led us away, clearly led us away. And we moved to Louisville. We united with another church. I entered seminary. It all had to do with God's work. I had no idea at the time that I would be blessed to come back to Woodburn. I came back maybe like a blank check, like a bad check. I came back to you all. It was wonderful, but I couldn't see that. I had no idea what God was doing. But it all had to do with the work he wanted to do in my life and in this church's life. Do you understand? When God moves people around, it's got to do with his work. Now, I'm not saying that just applies to pastors. Every member of every church has a very important part to play in the work of God. And there may come a point when God needs to reassign you to another place so that you can be of greater good to the kingdom of God. And when God says go, you go. You will leave with my blessing. I will miss you. I will love you. I will pray for you. But you've got to do what God asks you to do. You've got to. Like I left in 1990, like others have left in recent years because God was leading them somewhere else. God may do that, but always in relation to special work you're going to do. Very important work you will do. That's how it is in the book of Acts. Now turn over a few pages to Acts 16. I'm saying that the Spirit will guide you, the Spirit will lead you, and of course He will. Listen to these verses in Acts 16. Pay attention to how the Holy Spirit speaks. It's frustrating. It's amazing. Verse 6. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching The word in the province of Asia at that time. You hear that? They wanted to preach in one place, but the Holy Spirit wouldn't let them preach there. Interesting. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. If it's time for you to switch churches, the Holy Spirit will show you that. There's no other good reason to go or join. you got to follow the Spirit. How's the Spirit going to work in your life? In this and in everything, how does it work? Well, you notice in Acts 16, what the Holy Spirit does in an amazing way is open and close doors. The Holy Spirit opens and closes doors. And you got to realize that Paul and Silas in this moment, they don't always understand what God is doing. They just want to preach. They want to preach, and they're going in all the places where they, it makes sense to them to preach. They're just trying to do God's work. But doors open and doors close. Do you realize that preaching is a wonderful thing? What they are doing is wonderful. And every place needs good preaching. But it's not enough just to preach. What is important is that they are to preach when and where the Holy Spirit appoints for them to preach. It's not enough that you go to church, I'm saying. You've got to go to church when and where God directs you to go. 
course going to church is a good thing. Of course, all the churches are good churches. You could perhaps serve God in any of them. But God has a place for you. He will open doors. He will close doors. And that's frustrating for a while. They're not getting to go where they want to go. And it's not just once. It's two different times that God redirects them. And these are incredible distances between place to place here. It's not like taking a wrong turn in Woodburn and ending up in Auburn. It's not like that at all. These are incredible journeys. And the Holy Spirit continues to redirect The important thing is not so much that they get redirected. The important thing is it's the Holy Spirit directing them. He directs them at every single place because he has a purpose. He has a plan, just like he has a purpose and a plan for you. Of course, it's good to go to church on Sunday. Of course, it's good to be faithful in a church. But the Holy Spirit has a church for you, has a church for you right now. And you need to know that you're in that place. The Holy Spirit will lead you. It's a tremendous process, and it's good. Somewhere at the end of that process, it said, we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us. Duh. Having concluded, I mean, the conclusion is something that comes somewhere down the road. They couldn't have told you at every step how God was leading them. They didn't fully understand, but at some point along the way, they realized what God's will was for them exactly how it's going to be for you and me. We don't know at every single instant what God is doing in our life. He will open and close doors. He will speak to us sometimes positively in our prayers, in our fasting, in our worship, in a vision even. But sometimes he just closes doors. He just shuts opportunities. And we have to realize that he's always leading us somewhere. Always your life is on the move. Always God is working in you. So always you have to be obeying him. Always you have to be listening for his voice. Always. There may come a time when God leads you away from Woodburn Baptist Church. Those of you who are members, I don't know. I don't ever want anybody to go anywhere. I wish y'all could just all come home and live with me. I love you that much. I do. I almost run to your car in the parking lot. I'm so glad to see you every time you come. Do y'all know that about me? I just love you. And I love every person that God adds to this church. I love every single person. But it's really not about getting more people into Woodburn Baptist Church. You understand? Our purpose, our our, our mission is not to see how many people we get at Woodburn Baptist Church. Our, Our purpose is to see how many people we get into heaven. Do you see what I'm saying? It's a big kingdom of God, and Woodburn Baptist Church is just a part of that. I think an important part of it. I think a glorious part of it, but just a part. To be real honest, there's not that much difference between all of the good churches in the world. Do you not know that? Woodburn is, we think, unique in all the world, but honestly, if you went to the church up the road, you'd find a group of people about like us doing about what we're doing right now. There's not that much difference Which is why it's such a puzzle, why so many people switch churches so often. Something tells me the Spirit's not in that. So before you leave your church or before you leave this church one day, stop and ask yourself a few questions. You need to know why you're leaving. And you need to be honest about why you're leaving. 
Is that church truly dead? Is that church really not interested in growing? If that is the fact, if that is the truth, then the Holy Spirit is likely to release you. And if that has happened to you and that's the way you've come into Woodburn Baptist Church, God bless you. I hope you can be a part of the life and the mission here. But don't ever leave a church just out of personal discontent. Don't ever leave a church just because of personal discontent. Because let me tell you something very, very important. If that discontent is in you, it's going to go with you. If that discontent is in you, it's going to go with you. lady came to church one Sunday and she said, Preacher, I just got to tell you, this church is such a breath of fresh air. It is so refreshing after all the other churches I've been to. Preacher says, how many churches you been to? She said, 13. Oh, you understand, 13 churches, I have a feeling that whatever she feels in those churches, it's in her. It's moving with her. Don't move out of personal discontent. Lots of people, when their lives are struggling, they tend to project that on the church. So it's not so much that the church isn't right. It's probably that everything else isn't right or or the main things in your life aren't lining up. And somehow you project all of that dissatisfaction in the church. When people get into troubled marriages, it's really, really easy to drop out of church at that time and blame the church. When your heart is broken with grief, one of the most difficult things to do is to go to church because somehow in God's presence, all of those tears just want to well up. But don't you understand, that's going to go with you wherever you go. You can't leave a church for reasons like that. Not personal discontent. It's going to move with you. You can't just change congregations and fix what's wrong in you. Some people leave a church because, honestly, they don't like a challenge. They recognize that that the church is moving and growing, and they don't want that. They don't want new people. They don't want new things. They just want to to somehow be be embalmed and and live the rest of their life in a church that never changes. I, I promise you, that's not even an option in whatever church you go to. The Holy Spirit is always on the move. If you want a group of people that never change and never going to rattle you, going up to Woodburn Cemetery and just plant yourself there. They'll never bother, they'll never change there. You can't leave out of personal discontent. You can't up and leave a church just because you get your feelings hurt. Do you understand that? You can't just leave a church because your feelings get hurt. My feelings get hurt. Do you want to know how many Sundays a month y'all have preaching if I stayed home because my feelings got hurt? You'd never have preaching. You you couldn't. And I couldn't live like that. We can't just walk around letting people hurt our feelings. My goodness, most of the things that hurt my feelings, a person didn't mean to hurt my feelings. I just got to let it go. It's part of being a grown-up. Just let that stuff go. It's not worth it. It's not worth destroying a church. It's not worth getting out of fellowship with the Lord. My goodness, there's nothing worth that. I'm not going to get my feelings hurt and up and leave. That's not commitment. That's not covenant. That's not church membership. It's like romper room. Don't leave because you get your feelings hurt. Don't leave out of personal discontent. It's just going to move with you. But I'm telling you, there may come a time in your life when you realize that for whatever reason, 
Maybe you've, you've outgrown the church where you are. Or you recognize that your personal mission, what your heart beats for, is something that, that your present church is, is really not attempting. It's not the way the Lord is leading them. And the Lord may lead you in, in a different direction. If the Spirit leads you, you've got to follow. You must always follow. And if the Spirit is leading you now to Woodburn Baptist Church, you've got to follow that as well. So just know something about me. Know something about me. I assume that you're a Christian. And I assume that you have the Holy Spirit. So I'm always going to trust the Holy Spirit in your life. If you say that, that, that you're going to leave Woodburn Baptist Church, I'm not going to beg you to stay. It may break my heart to see you go, but I'm not going to beg you to stay. I'm not the preacher that's going to chase you down. Is it, what do we do wrong? What is it going to take to keep you? That's not going to be me. I'm trusting that you're wise enough, mature enough to follow the Holy Spirit. And if he leads you elsewhere, God bless you. Serve God with all your heart in the place where you go. But if God's leading you here by his Holy Spirit, that thrills me. Follow the Spirit. Let him plant you here. Put down deep roots here. Worship with us. Pray and fast with us. Serve God with us. Scripture says that in the book of Acts, as the people moved and followed the Spirit, and as the Spirit worked in all of their lives, it says, the Lord added to their number. Now, that's church growth. That's church growth. It's the Lord adding to their number. Not just people switching from Antioch to Jerusalem, from the church up the road to the church in town. It's not, that's not church growth. It's when the Lord adds. Brothers and sisters, that's what we want. We want the Lord to add to this church because we want to see the Lord add to the kingdom of God. The Spirit leads you here. Welcome. Welcome. Pray with me. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts. There are some in the sound of my voice this morning who do not think they can hear from you. They may not even believe that you speak. So God, right now, in the stillness of our hearts, speak. Lord, when we hear what it is you're asking us to do, give us courage to obey. Lord, you speak, we will obey. We ask these things in Jesus' name.